Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Welcome to season two of Cambridge Islamic College's podcast, the Tafsir of Surah Kaf. How can we prefer the afterlife over this life? How can we prefer faith over materialism? Sheikh Akram's Tafsir of Surah Al-Kaf explores this in the light of the Quran, the challenging issues of the modern times and what guidance we can get from this surah to find a solution. Sheikh, you mentioned about uh, reformers, that Musa was a reformer. Mm. And um, so you said something about he didn't have sabr, he didn't need to have sabr or something? No, no, I mean reformers when they see evil, which they can start, they have to act. Immediately, if they can stop with the hand, they should stop the hand. If not with the hand, with the tongue. But they can't. If they do suffer, then the evil will spread. Like for example, if you are, if if you are, you know, guardian of your house, anything goes wrong, you can't do suffer. You have to, you have to act properly. You see, command of Allah You have to act immediately. Then after the whatever is hurt, you have to wait for that. But you have to act on the time. It's command of Allah That I'm saying, follow the procedure properly. A reformer must act on the time. Musa is a reformer. He cannot let the evil to grow. He has to start the evil from beginning. Isn't it the same as having sabr? Because sabr means taking action and then being patient. You know, try to understand. I don't understand why the confusion. You know what? Let me try to Allah wants people to do two things really. One is to obey his command. And second thing is not to worry about the result. Wait for that moment. Reformers command is that when evil happens, he must correct it. That's command. He should do this. Then what will happen? Reform will happen or not? He has to wait for Allah Swt. He do. He does his job. So that's why I'm saying the surah is about two things: al-amal salih and about the sabr. Al-amal salih means obey your Lord by following the right procedure. Then after that, be firm. Don't rush. Don't hasten. Do what your Lord has commanded, and then wait. That's what the surah is teaching. So like the Prophet is a da'i, he's a preacher. He should preach to Quraysh people, but as Allah commands, not losing the dignity, not rushing. Wait, teach properly with dignity, and the result is Allah. Do sabr. Teach and do sabr. Preach and do sabr. Reform and do sabr. You know, pray and do sabr. All in the, all the life, obey Allah and do sabr. Follow the procedure properly and do sabr. That's what meaning is. Don't be confused and never think of sabr is weakness. Sabr is a great virtue, one of the greatest virtues. And we Muslims have lost the sabr for a long, long time. And that is the problem is coming. And Allah SWT wants to teach people, you have to learn the sabr. You have to obey the command of your Lord and do sabr properly. Then the result will come. As the Prophet did Makkah the Mukarramah. You know, he obeyed the command, did the sabr, and Allah SWT opened for him the new door so much. You know, Quran said, La yulaqaha illa sabirun. You know, this thing only sabr people, firm people can get. The reward is so full complete and Allah SWT never reckon, you know, never count for the reward, you know, without counting. So, you know, try to understand from the beginning the, su- the purpose of the surah. purpose of the surah is to teach you al-amr al-saleh and the sabr. And why these two things? Because Allah knows you don't know. Allah has power, you don't have the power. That's why the, the, the theme of the surah is and the sabr because you don't know and Allah knows. So when the condition is that, then listen to him. He knows to listen to him and don't, don't worry for the result because you trust in him. That's what meaning is. To try to understand, I think properly, but I don't know really. I, I was thinking things are very clear from the beginning. Now I feel that things are not clear. But anyway, if you still questions are there, please ask. You know, don't, don't think sabr is weakness. This is what I'm, I'm more scared that people don't understand the meaning of sabr. 
And second thing is, you put a sabr means don't do, do nothing. I don't understand what people get this meaning. They don't do anything. Sabr actually comes after doing things. Sabr comes when you follow the right procedure. People should follow the right procedure properly. I don't understand what you think. The sabr means doing nothing. So Musa's approach was actually right in a way that he was interfering with Khidr's um, actions. I mean, because in generally, if you see something being wrong done, you want to take action, particularly if you're a reformer. Said, but that approach is now being criticized. Is that what you're saying? But I'm saying what Musa is saying that is exactly what he should have done. And there are Khadr said from the beginning that you never can do sabr. Musa al-Islam has done exactly what a reformer needs to do. He interfered properly on the time. But why what Allah wanted to teach him that when you promise to the person, you will not ask question until he explains. Musa al-Islam did not remember that. That he should keep in mind. What he's doing is exactly so he remembers only one thing is a reformer, but he does not remember that he made a promise. He should keep the promise properly until the person explains. So Allah Subhanahu wants to tell him that you have to learn to suffer. So what Musa did, that was exactly what the farmer does. But what Musa missed is that he did not remember his promise. Generally in the life, Musa has, do, has to do what he, he did exactly. But in this case, he should have remembered his promise that he forgot. That he should have waited for the right moment until the person would have explained to you. You have got to learn. You came to the person to learn from him, to listen to him and obey him. Musa has forgot that. So what he did, that what he did, does every day anyway. Musa is a reformer, he should do exactly what he did. And always he does like that. But here, he should have remembered something else because he made a promise. He is not going to ask question until, and at least the person warned him properly from the very beginning. You cannot do sober. It is too difficult for you. And Musa said, no, no, I will do any for Allah, goods and this and that. You know, Musa made a promise. Sheikh, a bit of a technical question. Um, I was just checking out the hadith from Bukhari and it says here that Sa'id ibn Jubair said that Khidr passed his hand over it and the wall straightened. Sorry, what? It says in the hadith that Sa'id ibn Jubair said that Khidr passed his hand over the wall and it straightened. Actually, the thing is, that, you know, I, I am aware of the hadith of Sayyid Bukhari. It has come through many, many versions. And not in all the narrations, it has come with the hand. So my, my thinking really in this matter is that what actually happened, Khadir al-Islam did make straight the wall with the hand. And somehow it just became, you know, passed. He did he, he work with the hand. So this would have been that Khadir al-Islam straightened the wall with the hand. Not just by passing the hand. So people start thinking later on that because other versions has come, the Hadith of Bukhari has come many, many versions, but not all of them have got this passing the hand. So originally basically was that Khadir al-Islam did straighten the wall, you know, properly work, not by just, by, if he did like that, Musa would not say anything anyway. He did work, you know, Musa said, you have done work, you know, you need to get some money for that, you need to be paid. And actually don't need to make it miracle anyway, do miracle can happen. But it is not no need to read. You know, like normal thing, he saw his wall about to fall and then he worked hard and made a proper step. That's what happened. Sheikh, my other question is um, the, the way that Khidr says um, that you should never, you won't be able to have sabr, uh, and then the fact that Musa asks asks questions. This is a concept that some um, circles of Tasawwuf use to say that you should never question the Sheikh. He's uh, got higher knowledge and he, he, he does things that you're not aware of. Um, it, can this be based on this? Yeah, that's the beginning. Khadir is not a Shaykh. Khadir is a Nabi, a Prophet. He gets revelation. For prophets are different matter. There you should be aware that what they do, 
the Quran said that you know the like one day may the hawa ma dhalla sahibukum ma ghawa wa ma yantiku al hawa they don't want their own desire but shaykhs and people do if if Abu Bakr Siddiq is there any saint better than Abu Bakr Siddiq if Abu Bakr Siddiq is the Allah kills an innocent person for no reason Abu Bakr Siddiq will face qisas in this ummah in this there's a law if there's any khalifa who will apply the qisas and Abu Bakr Siddiq there's no saint better than him Abu Bakr Siddiq does not have revelation right from that there's no wali allowed in Islam no saint is allowed to kill any boy if any Sufi shaykh kills a boy what will happen we leave him because he's shaykh no he'll face consequences he'll be killed if you kill you will be killed this is how Allah, Allah is Allah knows best but this is what we're going to do if anybody kills someone he has to face the consequences no exception this is actually Khadir is doing the what is actually Amr Takwini I said Amr Takwini what I just do Allah wants to teach that he gets revelation but after Khadir nobody is allowed to kill any child I read a hadith which makes it very clear In Imam Muslim Rahimullah Abu Dawud both narrates from Ibn Abbas long hadith. So somebody asked him either, can we kill the children? When we fight, can we kill children? To Ibn Abbas wrote back wildan. You wrote down to me asking about killing the children. Allah the Messenger never killed the children. Wanta fala taqtulhum and you don't kill the children. Illa anta alama minhum ma alema sahib Musa minal gulamil ladi qatalahu. Except if you know about the child, what the company of Musa knew about the child. Nobody knows. So since we don't know, we are not allowed. You see, Prophet Sallallahu did not allow. I mean, Abbas makes very clear that nobody allowed to kill any child. Not ever allowed. If Abu Bakr Siddiq kills a child, he will be taken to the court and he will face the qisas. He has no right, no Sufi Shaykh, no, nobody. I don't mean for much grave things like that, but what, what they argue is that not just for Sufi Shaykhs obviously, but for scholars as well, that we should, um, we should follow them because they know better than us. Um, and if, if we don't understand something, then it's better, better to just say, oh, you know, the, uh, our, our teacher or our Shaykh uh, must have some wisdom in this and let's just follow this. No, no, people have to be careful really that the Quranic way is obey Allah, obey the messenger. And where there is nothing in the Quran Sunnah, then listen to the ulama who can infer ruling. But if the ulama go against the clear teaching of the Quran Sunnah, we are not going to listen to the ulama. First is Atiullah. Atiullah wa Atiul Rasula wa Ulil Amr Minkum. Obey Allah, obey the messenger, and then the ulama. If ulama teach something goes against the Quran, who are you going to obey? Alim or Allah? Think if, if, if Allah says something, Alim says something else, who have to? It is not, you know, that's why when Adim Nahatim became Muslim, he said to the Prophet, Quran said that we have ittakhadu ahbar wa rahbanahum, arbaum min dunillah. We never made them rub. He said, is it not that when they say something halal, you make halal? And when something haram, you make haram? If people obey ulama in a tahrim, tahrim, don't ask in their evidence. It is not right. You must ask every alim what is your evidence. Even Abu Hanifa Rahmanullah. If Abu Hanifa says something, you have full right to ask what is your evidence. If a sheikh said no, don't question me, then leave him. He's not a sheikh. He's a shaitan. Because if a sheikh properly, you know, he must teach you proper thing. Never, never listen to someone who said, don't question me. Never, never obey.
everybody must be questioned if people do something they must be if i am teaching something you have full right to ask me what is my evidence and if i become angry then leave me because i i i have no authority i have i have one i only can teach you when i have evidence if i don't have proof i have no right to teach you simple thing like that it is very clear for every single person on the face of the earth if abu hanifa had no argument he had no reason to teach anything people should, no no sufi sheikh no alim no scholar you know in this religion i tell simple it's not a, like you know christianity protestant and you know uh, and catholic catholic people have got you know this institution like you know uh, vatican church and protestant have got their, their own text so they have, you know they, they refer to them in islam nothing like that in islam there no authority or arbitrary authority for any text for any institution for any individual for any sheikh for any book except when they can refer to allah as messenger if you say jehovan said it is not a proof if you say azhar said fatwa fazar it is never never a proof in islam if you say abu hanifa said it is never never a proof if you say malik said it is never a proof abu hanifa and malik they need proof musim shafi rahmatullah was arguing debating someone uh, was a student of imam malik imam shafi asked him what is your evidence he said qala malikun imam malik said to imam shafi said to him, you and your sheikh malik both need evidence malik not evidence malik need proof and that imam malik himself used to say kullun yu'khadhu min qawlihi wa yuraddu illa sahiba hadha al-qabr sallallahu alayhi wasallam everybody's word can be accepted and rejected except the one who is buried in this grave that was actually islam had problem because people started listening to the people who had evidence there comes so many sets of so many problems if people everybody question everybody nothing will happen when people you know like in, you know i asked I, once a long time ago i was teaching tafsir in oxford to somebody one arab you know he was praying and without topi without hat to people in pakistan could don't like this to he asked me what happens if i you know i was teaching tafsir what happens if i teach uh, i pray without uh, hat i said nothing you know if you pray without hat does not decrease your reward and if you pray without the hat you know with, uh, without hat it does not decrease any reward nothing people became very upset and they asked me what is my evidence i said i give my evidence but actually the person who teaches you topi sunna he had to bring evidence because he is the one who make claim if you say something ibadah you need to have proof you never can make anything ibadah in islam unless you proof and to say something fard or wajib or sunna or mustahab it is ibadah you need to have proof you can't say something sunna unless you proof they need proof not me but they never ask them they ask me i can explain properly but i'm trying to say this is what happening you never ask people when somebody said topi sunna ask them what is the proof and hanafi madhab up to 7 800 years all the hanafi sources they never never make topi sunna or covering their sunna never never and they never say if you pray without topi it is makru never never happen they don't ask them you know it is abu hanifa never abu hanifa actually said that prayer in one single clothes is allowed without any karaha that abu hanifa rahmatullah said and all the ulama have said only mamhan everybody said so you know since you don't question islam become corrupted people made made many many things now so many most people believe that for women covering the face is obligatory i asked you when you go to source it does not say all the hanafi sources and maliki and all the sources they say face is not our all of them say they actually said that you are allowed to look at the woman's face all the time they say it is written in the book if somebody looks at the woman's face there no harm people can look they always say and if imam was to give me good more you can look even the women can uncover their arm so, so many things there then so you know look really people don't ask if you don't ask question it will happen people say the women are not allowed to come to the mosque you never ask them when i say they are allowed to come to the mosque then you question me 
taking course about your even actually the people who stop they have to, to the muslim should go to the mosque anyway if somebody stops anybody from the mosque they should have evidence you know people who allow they should they, why is that being allowed that are normal thing anyway mosques are built for prayer for men and women for everybody in the world to so why why you anybody stops since people did not did not question that problem happened people must ask everybody uh, sheikh i've read in a book about yumal qiyama and paradise and hell that Uh, at the entrance of paradise just after the sirat there is a large tree with uh, young children who died before puberty uh, waiting for their parents to greet them and to go to paradise so is there anything authentic uh, confirming that children who die before puberty they they must go to paradise uh, and they and that they would also greet their parents if they go to paradise What the fact you have to go explain question actually I didn't understand properly. I didn't understand the question. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. What happened? You know why you can tell the question. I, 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 so I, I've read in the book a hadith. I don't know if it's authentic or not. That's my question. Saying that at the entrance of paradise, just after the the sirat, there is a large tree with children uh, in the branches of the tree. that that's the children who passed away before puberty so is there anything authentic like that you know i think really the, the children who die you know early age you know what will happen to them so there is a more than one opinion in islam i don't think it is right place to to explain to, the, to that person what happened but here actually the purpose is not to explain that what will happen to the child here just it want to say that you know the why child was killed why allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sometimes bring death to the children so there is wisdom behind that but what will happen to child that's different matter you know when the children die whether they are ch- children of the believers or unbelievers where they go that another matter in this story in the story is not telling you what will happen to child uh, whether child go to paradise or go somewhere else it doesn't matter what actually story is telling to you that when this loss happen the property or in the life or in your children always understand there must be wisdom from allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that's what is telling the story so we are not concerned about the child you know because there is more than one opinion in islam about the child when they die he, he was asking if this is a hadith or I is no more that hadith really. i don't know about that hadith but certainly i know there is a difference of opinion about the children of the believers everybody agree they go to paradise with their their parent about the children of unbelievers that people differ that what will happen to them um sheikh what is the you, you mentioned about the dua of the pious parent and it's accepted by allah What about those duas uh, by uh, disobey um, unrighteous parents or unpious parents? Yeah, that also Quran makes it clear. You have to obey your parent all the time anyway, except if, they, if your parent command you to do shirk, then don't listen to them. Because Allah's command, Allah's right is more more than the right of parent. If your parent command you something worldly, which you can do, and it does not involve any Allah's disobedience, that's fine. La ta'ata li makhlukin. في معصيه الخالق dont obey any creation while disobeying allah never happen if your parent command you something which means disobedience of allah then don't listen but for everything else listen to them when there no disobedience assalamu alaikum sheikh um just in relation to the the boy being killed um could this all also be a religious symbolism for cutting off ties so in the age of fitna when a child goes astray to the point where you cannot do anything for them does that mean they cut off ties with um, in the age of fitna when a child goes astray 
could this uh, story mean that um, when the child is going astray, you cut off ties with them rather than killing the child, you cut off ties with them basically. You disown them, for example. No, no, but who said that you have to cut off the ties with the child? They are your, your responsibility. You have to raise them properly. If they become behave you know, badly, still you have to hope, you know, make effort until they become adult. Until they become adult, they are your responsibility. You don't know. That's what sabra means. You keep doing your duty properly, reform them properly. One day something will happen. But you cannot force them to leave the house, sack from the house. You know, all the people do. That's very, very bad matter. Always your students should feel that their house is safe for them. They can come anytime, even if they don't listen to you. No al-Islam, his son did not, did not listen to him. But he never sacked him. Actually, actually even when he's drowning in the water, he's making dua for him. Although his son will grown up. You know, relation is very important. You know, ch ch relation with the children is a different matter. If your child is not, you know, not adult, you are not allowed to sack him. They must, they have right to your property. Your children have full right to your property. They can eat your food. They can live with you. They have full right. When they become adult, you know, for the boys, when they become adult, then they have no right. For the girls, they have a right until you marry them. You can't sack people. This is not, they have right to your property. Even if they don't behave properly, your duty only to teach. Your duty is not to, to, to force something or to, to impose something. You, this is not your duty. Some parents do mistake in this matter. Your duty is only to teach, not to impose, not to force people. Like Yaqub al-Islam, his sons, how they behave. They took his son and threw them in, in the well. Did he sack them? He never sacked them. He knows what they are damned wrong, but he never sacked them. He still keep them in the house. He still actually work with them, reform them until they become pious people, but he never sacked them from the house. You know, you do, do suffer. Then I'm trying to say uh, one thing, learn properly. Follow the procedure, obey Allah, and follow the procedure properly, and do suffer. Don't become tyrant. Don't make, don't make your own command. Obey Allah. Listen to him. Don't make your own law. This is not right, really. You should think that my, my sons are Allah's slave and I am Allah's slave. I don't have freedom. I must listen to my Lord. So don't be tyrant. Obey Allah, follow the procedures properly, and then to sabr. That's what Surah is teaching. Surah is really very great, but Surah has become mystery around Khadir and Dajjal. You know, it lost its importance. But Surah is a great teaching. Is there any significance um, of the usage of the words uh, in the ayah uh, thawaba and uqba like these two words yeah. is there any significance? Thawab means reward reward in this world and hereafter uqba means end result end real thing the end result end for the end result that is the best thing so that thawab means any reward thawab does not necessarily mean that end result also will be good so very often Unbelievers, they do something and Allah SWT rewards them something in this world. But they have no uqba, no end result. But here Allah SWT works thawab and, uh, and end result. Both are good. Jazakallah khair, Sheikh. Uh, Sheikh, uh, uh, Sayyidina Ibn Abbas, he used to say that, like, you know, I know the number of the people of the cave. So does it mean that in his class, there was already this discussion, kind of like, you know, discussion about the details had started? Because uh, do we do we actually have evidence that Sahaba had such discussions? Probably we, they didn't. Yeah, there are discussions, well, but Quran said, "Don't make a big discussion." Just quickly, to little bit question, oh, how a number? Let me find out. That's fine. But to stay there, you know, for many many days and discussion and argument, no. To little questions, fine. 
ندخل عند Um, Sheikh, all of the prophets have had to do sabr and they've all had to deal with a lot of difficulties which require a lot of patience. Um, what differentiates Musa that he had to go through such a specific trial um, like no other prophet has gone through in order to, to learn sabr? Is there, is there some no, wisdom no, behind this? Musa had to face two people, one Firaun, such a tyrant person, and second Bani Israel, who were not easy people. So he has to learn extra sabr more than anybody else. That's why, that why Allah SWT made him training. Because, you know, living with Bani Israel is not easy. Very, very difficult to live with those people. You know, if somebody asks me this question, if I some, ask someone, go and slaughter a cow, and he asks me what is the color, I will do all my patients. I will really think, you know, I should leave these people. You know, because this question never can come to anybody's mind. And Musa is so patient, he answered the question. They asked him the color of the cow. Tell me really, can this question come? Does it really matter? Can anybody, any intelligent person can think really, it really matters the color? Why color will matter? Think properly, the color matters. The age matters. What will be the age? Age could somebody could think, but color? But to live with those people and to answer the question properly, only Musa can do. Nobody can do. You know, people like me run away to a cave, but can't be with these people. Not easy. I've got a few questions, if that's okay. Um, the first one is, in Surah Isra, it says, uh, And here it says, Is there a difference between walidan and uh, about, you know, other wine? Good question. I think at the end of the day, both mean the same thing. But certainly, you know, that when the Quran is used one, you know, one uh, word for... Actually, the thing really is, no doubt, anything in the Quran is a purpose. But the purpose are not limited. Sometimes differences are for something which you know. You know, sometimes Quran changes style. It could be that that verse, that how the flow goes. So sometimes because the flow of the verse, you know, Quran always chooses the right words, which can you know, Quran has not been revealed only for for understanding. Quran always has also has been revealed to be read. So Allah SWT chooses the word which can be easily to be read. And Quran also is to be heard. So Allah SWT wants those words which can be, you know, good hearing. So people can, that's why you can see ending comes like a musical. The musical ending of the Quran because of the purpose. People hear it. And sometimes there are more than our purpose. So we have to think, but I am against all the people who make very quick decision, like Father Samurai. Every time he makes a solution, that is very, very, you know, superficial. Because that he looks only one or two examples. He does not look, I've found so many mistakes in him. So many mistakes. Reason is, because you don't know really what Allah, 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 Allah has thought. You have to think so many things really that you can understand properly. So certainly when Allah makes difference, there could be reason. But we have to look properly in many, many other things. Not only one or two things. Or other examples. Wherever Walid has come and wherever Abba has come, what difference can be made? Yeah, certainly there must be reason. But Sheikh, I came across a reason I wasn't sure about it. I don't know if this is the right term. It's called Uslub, uslub al-Taghlib. Like when you say like, 
So you mean Abu Bakr and Umar, but there's more preference to one person over the other. Or for example, you know, so for example, here it says Abawan. So the preference is for the father over the mother, where it says the other one. The question about that. I have a question. Why Quran use the word Ab here, not Walid? Yeah, I mean, but like Walid then, then the focus is more on the mother. That's fine. That's right. That's the real language. That when you have two two things and you want to make a Muslim, then you prefer one over the other. So like you say, Umar, like you say, Allah Swadhan. So Allah Swadhan means what? Water and date. The water is not black, but because the tamar is black, you say Allah Swadhan. That's fine, that, that's how it happened. So when Muzakkar and Muannaf are both, when you make a duel, you go against a guy to masculine. That's uh, that, that's easy to understand. But uh, why a walid, why not a Yeah, that we need to be more assessed. Okay. Um, Sheikh, uh, he says, uh, But in my footnotes, it has some commentary on the words. And underneath, وَرَاءَهُمْ It says, أَمَامَهُمْ Yeah, wara means uh, Anything you know around you, it could be behind them, could be among, meaning it not there, okay. somewhere beyond them. Beyond them, you can say it doesn't just mean behind. It, can yeah, it doesn't mean behind necessarily, or not mean really that you know just means beyond them. You know, you know, some, where they go basically, you know, where they belong to. Basically, this boat is going somewhere right. to where they go in that place. Okay, all right, and um, yeah, okay, um, yeah, um. Some people have mentioned that um, here, uh, Musa Laysim, he goes, Satajiduni insha'Allahu sabiran. But when Ismail spoke to Ibrahim, he said, Satajiduni uh, insha'Allahu mina sabirina. And they, 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 they just comment on this change in style. Is, is, is there any, any, any thought to that? Now again, actually, it could be ending at the verse. Could be ending was an Ismail sabirin, because it ending with Ya Noon, at a sabir. You know, sometimes you look at it, not necessarily there is something, sometimes, I'm sometimes musical hearing. Sometimes something else, it could be, and sometimes it could be more humility, like, you know, Ismail is a young boy, so he wants to be among the Sabirin, so he's a young boy, he can't say, I'm Sabir, you know, he wants to say among the Sabirin, so it could be such a, just humility, I don't know, what I'm trying to say, there could be more than one reason in this matter, so one has to be careful to, to make any, any judgment. Alright, and um, so it, it, it seems like the only purpose of Khidr alayhi salam here is to teach Musa alayhi salam, um, you know, uh, uh, these small wisdoms. So after he came and left, you know, w- what was his purpose? Because basically, whose purpose? Khidr alayhi salam. Because no, not really. Khidr must be a, a prophet in his people doing something. Then died, but also Allah subhanahu wa taala, you know, gave him this knowledge that where he can know the you know law of the of the nature that he you know, and Allah subhanahu wa taala had taught him that you know, how to do this sometime. Okay. You don't know much about it. Don't think anything. Khadir is not important in the story. In the story, Khadir is not important. But while Khadir does every day happening, that's why he's not important. Important is to understand the relation between the law of Amad of Allah and the law of the nature. And Nidham at Takwini and Nidham at Tashriya. That's what is important thing to understand. Inshallah, we'll take a couple of online questions and break. The first question is if a teacher is allowed to refuse to teach to t- some students, wouldn't that fall under the teacher holding on to his or her knowledge? But we know we are not supposed to hold on to knowledge and rather or, and rather pass it on. So he's asking if the teacher is allowed to refuse to teach some students, perhaps in reference to something you mentioned that... Uh, you know, you can, you can allow to... Because you said if the manner is not good... Yeah, if they know, they can go somewhere else. But certainly if somebody has no other choice, then certainly you have to be patient. You know, for example, if somebody can ask me a question about prayer or something, very quick question, 
even if you're bad in matter, I have to answer because if I don't answer, his prayer will be affected. Except there are many, many more teachers. I say, okay, go and ask somebody else. It depends really how the condition is. So if there are more and more possibilities, more teachers, so one can say, okay, I'm not going to teach you because you know, I don't feel you can go to somewhere else. That's fine. But if there is no other choice, then you must teach. Because otherwise, you know, then how can a person pray? Okay. Uh, the second question is, if a teacher is allowed to refuse to... No, uh, sorry. Different scholars give different definitions for lowering the gaze. Some say only if you have desire for the woman. Others say you must always lower the gaze. So even if you are uh, at a store uh, and a cashier is a woman, you look at the floor the whole time. What does Allah mean when he wants us to lower the gaze? And does that same apply for women when they see men? Quran says for both of them, many women both, Quran says, tell the believing men to lower their eye. And he says, tell the believing women to lower their eye. You know, that this is not the meaning really. Otherwise, it is easy to cheat believers, to bring a woman and they lower their eye and then steal them. This is how the believers live like that. You know, certainly meaning is when people have desire, then they have, you know, to lower the, uh, their eye to protect themselves. Otherwise, the Prophet used to meet the women and he used to know them, who they are. Companies used to meet the women and they used to say salam to you to meet them, discuss with them. So, you know, how if they lower their eye, how they can know them, how they recognize who, who this person is. Umar Khattab sees Sauda in the night and he shouts very loudly, Inna Araf Naq Ya Sauda, O Sauda, we know who you are. So, you know, see, because he, you know, they know. Uh, Anas Adallah Tanan passed by Aisha uh, bin Talha. She was so very, very beautiful and he praised her beauty. So how can you know her beauty without looking at her face? You know, people used to look at everybody, see, but you know, when people have desire, certainly it's not haram. When desire comes, then people should lower their eye. But it's not that you don't see the people. You go now to buy something on the market and now you, all the time lower people say you have some problem. You know, I don't understand why people don't want to live normally. That I, I, I think it. Umar Khattab, whenever he saw any young man, you know, walking, like, you know, lowering his, 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 his head, he used to hit him. That you young man, walk like a young man. Be normal. Islam did not come to make you people abnormal. Be normal, but be pious. So Allah SWT wants to make the society normal. It is not that people can see that believers actually don't always... They think really, in this country, anywhere, they are always women. So what will do? What will happen is, you know, your neck will come, you know, bending <laughs> all the time like that. You never can stretch because all the time like that, all the time there are women. If I'm teaching and there are women, so basically I have to teach like that, so I cannot teach. I become tired, you know, it is, it is painful. Yeah, this is meaning. Meaning the desire. Meaning the desire. It's only if somebody has a desire. Yeah, that's not a cut. Yeah, meaning is for that there sometimes can be those parts uncovered which are not meant to uncover to certainly move your eye. You know, people's face are the one which comes in contact. You, you know, people have to look at that. But if desire comes, certainly they lower, they turn their face. That's how not that you know, you know, when they, you know, people don't understand really that you know, people think really that women are something bad. So we have to, you know, women are human beings like like men. They're human beings. You know, you have to behave properly. And sometimes at certainly. Sometimes desire also can come. So then repent to Allah and ask Him to forgive. That will happen. It used to happen to everybody. You know, I don't want to tell many of the story. Otherwise, people will make sin easier. Saad ibn Waqasadillah is one of the Ashraf Washara. One of the Ashraf Washara. And while doing tawaf, he was staring at, at women. You know, everybody can call 
and she was very, very beautiful and staring. So people said to him that you are comparing the Prophet Ashram Vashra, he said, Ashram Vashra, and you look staring at home. He said, you know, there's no harm to look at the women who are not from your locality, means a stranger. I see them now, and then I not see them another time. So some, some of say, because the reason is, because there's no connection, there's no, no relation will develop. Because if you see somebody in Tawaf, then you go and she goes and never, never can meet again anyway. So that's how some people think. So people don't understand really that the, you know, the laws in Islam, they are much more complicated, more sophisticated. It's not exactly as people think, don't look at women. You know, people, you know, people used to look at women, they used to teach them, they used to learn from them, they used to comment on the beauty of their face, all these things. They are normal people. In our time, three people have become no, not normal. You know, you can see all the time, every thing that used to happen in the society, but with the piety, fear of Allah Uh so the uh, the answer is that lowering the gaze is no, when you have that, desire. You know, the thing really is, you know how this company kisses a woman in, in in market if he did not see her. Principally, it only could be possible if you, he could see her. Either if he's lowering his eye all the time, and he's a, he's a, he, he has a shop. If somebody has a shop and always lowering his eye, how he can, can know the customer, who his customer is. And if a woman comes and buys from something and she steals, how can he know who the one, she did not look at her face. Tell me, if this happened, what will happen? How can he sell something? You know, without the knowing the face, nothing can happen in this life. Face is that which sign. Face is from which you know the people. How the Prophet knew the women in Medina? How can he recognize? By face. There's no other way the Prophet could know all these women. And Abu Siddiq, he knows the women. He asked them. Umar Khattar once came from the mosque. And a woman came and started you know, criticizing him very, very strongly. That, oh, son of Khattab, you were this, you were this, and now you do this and that, all, all those things. And Umar listening to, to somebody, one of the company of Umar, he interrupted, he said, oh, lady, don't you know who you're talking? Umar, Mami. So Umar said, oh, oh stop. do you know who this woman is? This is the woman about whom the Quran says that, Allah heard her, her voice about the seven heaven. Why should not not listen to her? Umar knows her, Umar knows her face. Think properly, they know, these women are there, they know them, they know their face, they recognize them. Otherwise, how Umar know who this woman is, if he is always lowering his, his eye? You know, this really is not normal. Can you think really the Sahaba used to walk in the street, always lowering their head? That's why you think? It's impossible, it never can happen in a society. Nobody does like that. Because the Quran has come to the people who think. You know, this Quran at least for the people thinking. If people don't think, the Quran will not have a sense. <coughs> it is for the thinking people, for the normal society. When the Quran reveals, they know what, what it means. They never knew meaning is actually that. Do think really, okay, then women also have to lower their eyes, same thing. Because Quran says. So what happened? The women and women both walk like that, lowering their head all the time. Nobody does like that. It's impossible. You know, Quran revealed to the people who knew what it means. And they followed properly. They never disobeyed the Quran. But in our time, people go, you know, without context, without understanding, without condition. To understand any text, you need to know two things, context and co-text. Context means that, you know, things around the text, and co-text means the condition in which the text has been revealed. Then you understand what it means. The same sentence in different contexts, different conditions can have different meaning. Anyway, this is not the right time to teach this thing. And I'm already writing a book on this thing anyway, how to understand the Quran, you know, through it. But inshallah, when it comes, so you, you understand more inshallah. Yeah. Okay. Uh... Right, um, but there's a quick question. How do you define who's, who, who a scholar is? is uh, 
how do we define who a scholar is? Who is oh, a scholar? Actually, I don't understand why. How do you know who is a doctor? How do you know who is an engineer? I don't understand why people ask this question. How do you know anything in this world? This, that's how you know. You know, people know who is an alim. You know, people at least who know, you know, they know that who knows Arabic language, who learn Quran, who learn Tafsir, who learn Fiqh, who learn... And sometimes they have got a jada, the shahada from the teacher, sometimes madrasa, this and that. And some of scholars will be good, some will be bad, something more expert, some less, like doctors. Same thing. So as you know a doctor, same way you know an alim, a scholar. There's no difference. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please support us so we can continue to bring you world-class content at www.cambridgeislamiccollege.org forward slash donate. And please don't forget to subscribe to deepdean.tv for more Islamic studies content in HD videos. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.